welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug, want to advertise on the podcast, hit me up and we'll make it happen. If you like sponsoring, let's make that happen too. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, follow us on Twitter, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. My next guest has checked off so many nightlife boxes and has become one of the most prominent, dominant names on the scene today. It's the one and only Androgyny. How are you? Hello. Hi. I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. It's uh, another scorcher out there today. Girl, it's a heat wave. It's a, it's, I mean, I know a heat wave in summer, groundbreaking, truly. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hot one, but you know what? We're, I'm in the AC. I'm happy right now. Absolutely. Sitting next to my air conditioner, you know, really enjoying the outside weather and everything. Yeah. It's been great. Th- mm-hmm. this, is, this has been the good thing about being in New Jersey right now is that I'm currently in central air. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm like, mother, I will stay as long as you keep the AC on for me. I can't wait to get our electric bill for having like an AC in every window we have in our apartment. <laughs> Listen, if, if we're not cool, we're not content. Absolutely. And there's one thing I've, I've learned in my life is that people are never content. So I need to Team. give as much contentness as I can get. <laughs> so how, how's your summer been so far? Um, it's, it's been, um, it's been a, a obviously crazy COVID, you know, the pandemic 2020 is truly a, something they wrote, a, wrote about in the end of the Bible. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's been a, it's been crazy. It's been a navigating a lot of different turns and, um, whether it's online content or now I'm slowly getting back into, I just started performing live again, um, on Fire Island. Um, a couple, uh, three weekends ago. So, but that's a whole nother beast navigating this new normal and everything. Um, So it's been, I have been lucky enough to be outside a bit on the weekends. Um, Besides that, I I go out when I need to and I try to keep myself, you know, face in the house as much as possible with the social distancing and everything. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a good summer, no complaints. I mean, I always, you know, we can always complain, but could always be worse. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to learn all there is to know about androgyny. Are you ready to share it all? Oh my God. I might have to learn some new things after this. (laughs) Sure. Let's share it all. I'm an open book. Well, we're going to start at the beginning. Where are you from? I'm originally from Erie, Pennsylvania, and Mm -hmm. no one knows where that is. So it's, uh, it's the lake. I lived on the lake. Or you know the shape of Pennsylvania. It's the chimney in the corner. Okay, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. What was life like in Erie? Um, uh, life in Erie, I always said it's the perfect town to raise a family in. If you're like the late 20s, early 30s, you're going to want to start popping out babies. It's perfect for that because we, there is a great like, um, I would say like atmosphere for that. A lot of schools, a lot of that. But as someone who was, you know, I graduated when I was 17 and I was like, I want nightlife. I want big city. I want experiences. And it that's not there so i was like no. as soon as i got my first chance so um, okay 17 you graduate graduate. what's the next stop next stop i moved to pittsburgh mm-hmm. um and i went to uh, point park university i was uh-huh. a yes i was a musical we know point park oh yes point park um 
I was a musical theater and dance major. Um, I graduated then, actually, well, I should say this. I took a semester off um, before I even went to school. Um, and the reason why was because uh, my best friend from high school had an accident. She ended up passing away. So I took some personal time. So I went to college a little bit later than I should have. Um, but I went in, uh, graduated with a BFA um, when I was 21. And then I got hired my, by my first professional dance company two weeks out of college and have been touring ever since. So Amazing. Yeah, I got super lucky. Yeah, I mean, I remember just a little recently Point Park was in the news a little bit. Uh, yeah, I love Point Park. They're, they're doing stuff and great things. I mean, I haven't been the most... Uh, interactive we'll say uh alumni person but um i do keep in touch with some uh old teacher friends and um colleagues from there and i from what i hear things are good um unless of course things are not good then i haven't heard that but yeah eight point park yeah well i mean i know there's a lot, there's been always some scandal somewhere and i guess oh, they were um, absolutely. involved with you know casting issues and such oh, and, racial racial oh, God. issues Not, but oh, Lord, that that's the theater department girl absolutely 100 <laughs> uh, percent. yeah i just uh pointed my toes and took my degree so um, from pittsburgh started touring what ultimately led you to new york city um when i turned uh 30 <laughs> i was like um i've been touring for eight solid years i lived all over the u.s and and I'd uh, done two international tours. Um, so I had been in more than like 30 countries in less than two years. So I had seen a lot of the world. I saw a lot of everything. And I was like, I want to do the New York Broadway scene. I want to do that. And I was like, I had gotten a, a break from my contract um, that I had the option to renew or I had the option to stop. And I knew I was like, if I don't take the, the chance right now to move to New York, I'm never going to do it because I'm just going to keep touring. Right. Um, so I said, okay. Um, I called my best friend from college and I was like, hey, I'm going to move. Um, I moved in. I subletted one of her rooms for a month and she introduced me to her fiance's friend who was looking for a roommate and we moved in and we've been roommates ever since. So, nice. Yeah. Now, when you came to New York, you, when at least when I started in the nightlife scene, you were probably one of the most prominent go-go's and backup dancers the scene had ha had had at the moment yeah um i uh i came in and i was i've, I've been a bartender since oh my god my family owns many many bars so i started working at bars when i was 15 so my theory was i'll just become a bartender and make some money sure. until like you know i get another gig or whatever um and then i the first drag queen i actually saw perform was britta filter mm -hmm. um at her brunch and I met her and we kicked it off um, because we realized we had the same area code as a phone number, ah, which is all of her roommates are from my hometown. So it was very full circle. Um, and then she was like, oh, you're a dancer? I was like, yeah. She's like, I happen to need one. And then people saw me dance and they're like, oh, you're a choreographer. And it's sort of just one person sees you and it rolled. And then I just started being choreographing and dancing for all of these queens. And then they were like, do you want to go-go? And I was like, I've never done that. They were like, <laughs> it's fine. Just take your shirt off and dance on that box. And I was like, okay. Um, and that's sort of how it happened. And then it became like a every week, every weekend thing. I worked at Boots and Saddles a ton. 
um, RIP, um, and everywhere, all all of Eden and Atlas Social Club right. and the Ritz. Um, yeah, it just became like a full time thing. Um, and then I was bartending on top of that. So nightlife was, uh, it was working for me. What made you decide to do a little bit of a switch into the drag performance? Yeah, um, well, I had, was approached, um, uh, I was approached to do a show, unfortunately it no longer exists. Um, it was uh, the Bad Bitch Review mm-hmm. at Rebar and they wanted a boylesque dancer. So they were like, we want to do boylesque and something like that. So I sort of started combining the go-go boy aspect with more of the theater aspect. Um, And obviously working with drag queens, I had a lot by that point, because I think that was like two years in. Um, I had gotten ideas of what they do and what they like. So I started doing that for months. I was doing more of the boylesque gender bending thing, if you will. Um, and then the show uh, decided they wanted to take uh, another turn. They wanted to go a different direction and more have it more drag heavy, but they didn't want to lose me. Mm-hmm. And so it was basically like, do you want to start drawing on your face with crayons? And I was like, I, <laughs> I never wanted to, though. I never, I, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. Every drag queen I work with, they're like, give it time. And I was like, I'll never <laughs> do it. Never in a million years. Right. Um, and now here I am full time. So like, they were all right. All right. So do you, would you consider yourself a drag artist, a drag queen? What, what, what is androgyny? Uh, she's everything that you're not supposed to do. Um, okay. Truly. Um, I, I, I'm not a big label person. Like that's the thing being androgyny. Everyone's like, what terms do you, as long as the, the my name's on the check, I don't care what you call right. me as long as sure. it goes through. But um. I, I call myself a drag queen. Uh, I mean, professionally, I would probably consider myself a drag persona just because I don't like to uh, say like, I'm a drag queen and compare myself to like these like gorgeous, beautiful women because that's 100% never gonna be androgyny. Um, so I'm not saying I'm trying to do what they're doing because I'm sure. not. Um, so yeah, so she's definitely uh, outside the box. Um, all, you know, very gender fluid, very gender bending, breaks all the rules. I made some rules for myself as soon as I decided to put on the makeup, I was like, I will never pad. I will never tuck. I was, it's never going to happen. Um, I was like, because that's androgyny to me. Sure. I have the feminine aspect, maybe from the neck up, depending on how I decide to paint that day. But the rest, I'm like, it is what it is, girl. I'm not, I'm not fooling anybody. Okay. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, the alternative drag is, it's a real thing. Like, it, and we need Dang. to allow it to breathe and, and accept it. And you know what? It's happening. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's definitely something that I. It's weird because I don't consider myself alternative. I don't consider myself alternative drag. Um, I guess because a lot of the alternative drag that I watch is very extreme. Sure. And I'm like, ooh, I, I don't do that. I could never like, girl, they're ooh, whoa. Um, but <laughs> no it, needles in your body. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's, I feel like it's always has to do with the audience who views you. Cause when I started sure. in Manhattan, everybody was like, oh no, girl, you're Brooklyn. You'll never, never in Manhattan. They will never have you. But Brooklyn's like, who the hell's this bitch? She, right. she, she's a, she's a pretty queen. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so yeah, they had me to create a little island in between Brooklyn and Manhattan for yeah. me and I'll live there. <laughs> nice. How would you describe androgyny in three words? Um, oh God. Um, 
Oh, you're killing me. Um, three words. Okay. For me, what I think. Um, funny. Mm, uh, dance. And... What? I, I don't know. Wait, uh, I, I, this is not one word, but she's, she's that person that everybody wants to be or all the things she, you want to say that you can't say. Sure. All right. So yeah, that's yeah. not a, a word, but it's a mood. That, a mood. Yeah, that, that thing. Is there any like behind the scenes story to how you decided on the name Androgyny? Yes, we actually, um, one of my, um, he's a good friend of mine now, um, his name is Axel Andrews mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. he's in Florida and Orlando. He, he was one of my biggest inspirations from the beginning. Everybody was like, Oh, when I was first starting, they're like, you need to watch Axel, follow Axel, 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 Axel. Um, and the other biggest thing I always get is acid Betty. Everybody thinks I'm acid Betty. Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm acid Betty. So between the two of them, I, I really started to mix this like male cause Axel's just a male entertainer more than a drag queen being a right. woman um, and acid Betty is just whatever she wants to be. So I sort of infused those two and we were playing with names and we were trying to do like the funny name thing. And then we were, I was trying to make a first name and a last name. And I decided I was like, I want to be like, like share, like just one <laughs> word. And everybody just kept telling me, everybody that I talked to kept saying, you're so androgynous. That was the word that kept coming up. Right. And I finally was sitting painting my face for a show the one day and I was like, what about androgyny? And it just dawned in my head and I was like, I think that's it. And we've, it's been stuck with me ever since. Nice. Yeah. How long does it take to transform into androgyny? <laughs> I'm still transforming. Um, <laughs> it always depends on the look. I will say that if I'm doing like a pool show versus like a, a night at one of the clubs where I'm just hosting and I'm doing a massive look, I can get ready now, and if I, no matter what I'm doing, my, my best record time is a little less than an hour if I'm like nose to the grind and painting and I'm like, sure. this is it, done. Um, but I have done looks that have taken me three hours plus to get everything from start to finish done um, based on how extreme I'm going. So it, it's, I would say on average, I try to give myself two hours anytime mm -hmm. I paint, but I'm also one who's got like, Hulu on and sending texts and having a cocktail. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then I'm still always late. I can give myself <laughs> four days and I'll still be late. Do you have any other traditions that you have when you uh, get ready? Um, I, it's a, I would say like, I try to make my phone calls. It, it's always, I feel like every day of the week, depending on what day it is, I have a different like lineup for things. If I'm, sure. if it's like a Thursday or Friday, I try to call my, my mom and my dad. Cause I know over the weekend, I don't really talk to them cause right. nightlife that's when we're booming. Um, I try to watch uh, right now. Um, I try to tune into all my girlfriends, like um, live streams and Instagrams and at least pop into everybody to show some support. Um, I don't really do um, live paintings like I, I used to always do that before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But since now I'm going live doing the show, it's like you don't want to stare at me for right. six hours. So that's sort of come and gone. Um, but yeah, you know, I, it's a lot of phone call making. And if, and if I sometimes I'm just like, I'm not in the mood. I'll just throw a movie on I've seen a hundred times, which is like guns shooting matrix shit in the background. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Do you have any favorite makeup products? Any? Who do you want to sponsor you? Who do you love? Who do I love? Um, God, who do I love? 
Um, I will say I, Krylon could it, uh, could sponsor me because I go through that shit like water. We love Krylon. Girl, we love some Krylon. Um, Alcone, I could just live in their store and be happy and content as a cucumber. <laughs> um, my favorite thing in the summer, I use a marble setting spray, which is okay. basically cement for your face. Um, and the, the reason I love it is because obviously doing the pool show, I get in the pool and my right. makeup still stays on. So it's the green marble, which is their heavy duty shit. That stuff that could, you know, um, grease up a car axle. So I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, besides that, um, I, I've played with the palettes. Um, I'm not going to name any names because all the controversy going on right now. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have, a, I have a couple palettes. I always play with palettes and find, here's the thing. And I would talk to some of my girlfriends about that. There's no one palette where I'm like, this is my palette. Sure. I'm like, I like this palette, but I like these six colors. But the ca- the palette over here, that's my favorite black. Yeah. And the palette over there, so I'm I'm like that. I'm, you mix and match. Oh, absolutely. And it's all depending on what you're do- doing. I mean, obviously, I've got the James Charles. I've got the Sugar Pills. I've got all you know all the big hitters. So I mean, bitch, anybody, Pepsi could sponsor me right now. I wouldn't be <laughs> like, Bert, yeah, my favorite. Um, so yeah, so I- I'm I'm very into playing. Love that. Do you what what was your first official gig in drag? My my first official gig in drag was yeah. Rebar. Was Rebar in Chelsea um, for the Bad Bitch Review. I was part of the cast there. And then my first official solo show where I actually debuted Androgyny was at the West End. Mm-hmm. I hosted Drag Race season whatever. <laughs> Do you remember your first number? Oh, my first number. Oh, God. Uh, I don't think I remember my first number. It was probably Lady Gaga. That's, I, that's what I'm known. It's probably Lady sense. Gaga. Probably. Yeah, I mean, it was probably Lady Gaga. We'll just say it was <laughs> are, are we a fan of Chromatica? Oh, we live for some Chromatica, honey. It's been what we've been waiting for. Oh, I had a Zoom party that night with my friends. Living, living that 911 Chromatica 2 transition, sis. <laughs> oh, the gays literally got reborn in that literal, that transition. Um, no, I stand that entire, I, you know, I, I stand that, I hate the word stand, and I stand that album. So that's how good it is. <laughs> all right, all right, nice. I mean, I can't say that it's my favorite of Gaga's. No, but- no, no. No, it's I don't think it's needed in the favorite, moment. We need it. Yes. I mean, it's been a long time since I feel like she's produced something at that level where you're like, okay, like this is, and I don't know the last album. It's been a while since I've had an album that I could hit play and walk away and actually listen to everything That's and fair. not be like, That's fair. Eh, Pat. yeah. So I, I live for, for her whole story and journey through that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, the last album that I was like, I can listen to top to bottom. And, and people will be like, really? I think Catch This Rainbow was beautiful. I probably, you could probably name a song and I'd be like, oh, work. But no, I probably couldn't tell you anything. Yeah, about that. Um, that was the Praying album after she okay. came out with the allegations and all that stuff. Ah, gotcha. Okay, yeah. got it. That's some really it. good music on it. This last album, I think coronavirus heard it because we just stopped talking about it. Yeah, but uh, I feel like uh, everybody's careers on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Who were some of the first people who helped you once you officially started to do drag? Um, some of the first people right out of the gate, um, Madeline Hatter mm-hmm. helped me. 
Um, uh, I also, Jolena Jasmine, um, uh, Zeta Jones. Those were three girls that, that was my first show. They were my cast. Um, so they would always give me tips and suggestions and this and that um, and the other thing. And then, of course, um, I would say uh, I've gotten, I've been lucky enough to have some really good sisters along the way. And every time I sort of have a question or if I like something somebody's doing, calling them and being like, hey, girl, um, like the most recent person, um, Bootsy LaFerris, I was like, I am obsessed with your eyebrows. So she gave me a whole eyebrow tutorial and I was like, work. Um, as far as performing and stuff, I would say, uh, my the reason I, I was got such a huge platform was probably my sisters on Fire Island. Ariel Sinclair mm -hmm. was a huge pusher of me. Um, that's where I first started working with Brenda Darling, and I mean she's my best sis. I perform with her now, literally nineteen days a week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because of Logan Hardcore was another one who always gives me a home and a place to go. So because of all of them, it sort of got my name out and the opportunity for a bunch of the other people to see me perform and go, oh yes. We'd love to have you at our show, or we have somebody who needs a, a fill-in or something like that. So, did you find it it was an easy transition to go from dancer go go to drag, or did you f hit some hurdles? I hit some hurdles, not because of the dancer go go to drag, but rather because of my type of drag. Sure. In New York, I, I feel like it, I personally, and again, this is just my personal experience before I get all the hate mail. <laughs> um, I feel like there is this, this cookie cutter version of what Manhattan drag is supposed to be. Sure, absolutely. Which is a very drag race in the box. Like this is what a drag queen is. And if you don't fit that mold, then you can't have a gig or you can't have a show. Um, and I at first was very defeated by it and was like, why am I even doing this? They're never gonna hire me. Um, but then I said, you know what? I had a couple girls who were like, no, you're not going to give up. We, I even remember my, uh, my first show on Fire Island. I remember telling Ariel Sinclair because I was working with her. I was like, they don't get me. They're not getting me. I, I'm just, I'm done. And she was like, no, you're not. I'm not letting you stop. You're in the show. She's like, you're back here with me next Thursday. You better show up. And I was like, I have to because I didn't want to disappoint her. And people, the more and more I started pushing, people started responding and started clicking and then I told myself I was like I'm not going to give up I'm not going to let this unspoken rule that doesn't exist not let me and do my dream so I'm going to make it happen for myself sure. and that's what I've been doing nice you've worked with a lot of people both yeah. as a dancer and as a drag queen yes who have you not worked with in New York City that is on your wish list that I have not worked with, uh, that is on my, um, I can tell you, I know who my first person would be and that would be Keisha Carr. Yeah. I love Keisha. Keisha and I have hung out a ton of times, um, especially now that she's on Fire Island, we're always having a kiki together, but I have yet to actually be on the stage with Keisha Carr with the mic and have the back and forth because I think she's brilliant and hysterical. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely, I absolutely love her. Yeah, so, yeah, good choice. Nice choice. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about Fire Island a little bit. Okay. Um, you are spending your summer at the Gay Getaway. Yes, ma'am. Um, tell us about the pool show and the Ice Palace and all the fun you're having this summer. 
all the fun. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm actually, it's, it's sort of like a, it was a double-edged sword this summer. I was super upset because this is my first official season as the official co-host of the pool show. Um, now that uh, Logan had stepped down from doing the pool show last year, we went through just sort of a, a guesting season. Sure. Um, I definitely guested more than anybody else and we didn't really know what was going to happen. And um, after working so long and hard, they they decided to go with, it only took a pandemic. That's what I was telling It only took <laughs> to get a gig. Um, so I officially started this summer every Saturday with Brenda Darling. Obviously, it did, we didn't open when we were supposed to. Um, and now that we are opened, it's completely different than it's ever been. Yeah, Everybody can see. But the positive side is I, it's something I worked for for three years. I remember seeing Logan and Brenda the first time I was out there and sitting there in the audience being like, oh my gosh, this is my dream show. Like, this is my <laughs> dream show. And I was like, I'll never get it. I'll never get it. Um, and then, I, you know, just keeping on and keeping on and keeping on, I did. So it, it's been a really exciting summer for androgyny because I feel like um, it's given me a platform, hopefully, to come back into New York. Um, nice. And the after, the postseason, I guess you could say, and sort of being taken a little bit more seriously by the people that are creating the shows, being like, oh, she does have a real show that's actually... You know, it's not just like, oh, she won such and such competition. Um, so that the, the experience and, you know, the mic time and the outfits and all that stuff can sort of go to speak for themselves. So I was ex extremely happy. Um, this coming weekend actually is Brenda Darling's first weekend back. So Amazing. ironically, we still have not done one of this show together yet this year. <laughs> but um, I'm super excited. We have this amazing show planned. So, and I love the Ice Palace. They've always given me a home. I was a bartender out there. And before I was a bartender, I worked for Daniel Nardiccio for mm -hmm. um, summers doing the uh, underwear party and taking care of Big Dixon. Um, so the Fire Island and Cherry Grove has always given me a home, always given me a platform. You know, it truly is this amazing community out there. Um, I don't know how many times Boudoir Floor and Kimmy Moore let me come up on stage with <laughs> Cherries and Jackie and them. We really are, even though it's like competing businesses, it's just one big family sure. and it truly is. And I love every single person out there. Obviously the downside is right now the social distancing and all the rules that are coming out. Um, personal experience, I have not been to the Pines at all yet this summer. Um, I know that Cherry Grove is strictly following the rules. It's unfortunate that some party goers who were not attached to the Pines or Cherry Grove sort of made a huge bad rap for everybody. Sure. Um, but we're doing the best we can to keep it safe and keep it alive for everybody who does, you know, feels like they need to come out and they want to experience it and still remain safe and healthy. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I'm really proud of the community, everybody out there, because they're really, they're, they're doing d two and three times the amount of work they normally do um, for everybody else. Yeah. Well, I want to touch on the scandal a little bit about what happened that infamous weekend. Infamous uh, you were out there at the time? I was. I was. Were you getting messages being like, what's going on? Or were you in your own world being like, I'll deal with this later? I actually, um, it was the, the scandal. Well, I had seen people on the beach during the day sure. um, when I was walking. I actually didn't go to the beach, but I had seen a picture or two and I was like, okay, it seems like a lot of people, but I don't think of anything I saw originally showed the scope of people. And then I do remember um, when I was headed to bed, I passed somebody on the boardwalk and they were like, hey, there's a huge party 
blah, 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 directions oh, yeah. to it on the beach. And I was like, oh ma'am, no way. I was like, never gonna happen. I was like, I'm going to bed. So I literally went to my little house and went to bed and I woke up when I woke up was the plethora <laughs> of messages right. and texts and everything. And that's when I was like, oh shit. Um, so that's, yeah, I was, it's truly funny cause I was like, no, I really slept through it. Cause I did sleep through it. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I was very um, upset and disappointed in the community just because for myself, it's just knowing the work that all of my friends and colleagues are Absolutely. doing. And it, I understand people want to go back to quote unquote normal and want to party and do all this stuff. But in my head, I'm like, number one, people's safety. And it's not just your safety, it's everybody is around you. And then once you leave the island, all those people, plus I'm like, these people that are out here are trying their best to have some sort of income right now sure. to get back on their feeds. So it's like all the work that everybody's been doing for weeks and weeks and weeks because you decided you wanted to have a rave in the middle of the beach, like sort of just like went up in smoke. So, um, you know, we all had meetings and talks about it and stuff and, you know, decided going forth, this is what we're going to do. And at the end of the day, I can only say, like, I can only be responsible for myself and anybody who's at my show or in the Ice Palace and stuff, because I am very much like the mask police. Yeah. Um, and people get sick of it, but I'm like, it's what we got to do right now. It, it's to. necessary. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I remember watching all of the the drama unfold on social media yes. and like i knew a couple of people who were beachgoers for the weekend and mm -hmm. i had messaged them and asking like just what the experience was and i had one person like fight me back and be like are you accusing me of shit it's like no no i'm just asking you like mm -hmm. what i'm seeing in photos is that actually accurate or are we blowing things up because cancel culture happens oh, yeah. and you can't fight back mm -mm. so it's like do we want to cancel culture cancel people for things that actually weren't happening the reality was it was happening it was um but it just blew up and people got so defensive and you know what that's the world we live in right now it is um and it's definitely uh there's it's it's the world of keyboard warriors and cancel mm -hmm. culture um and i i understand that you may think that you don't want to wear it and, and but at the end of the day it's not about you yeah. um and i always tell people and it i find that it's particularly hard with our job um, cause I always say, I have this joke at the beginning of every show. Cause my show's four to six. I say, soon as that five thirty mark hits, I said, all of you kids are going to, it's, you're going to be a headache. And so they're <laughs> no, 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 because they're sober. But after an hour right. and a half of straight drinking, people are like, I don't want to wear my mask. It's hot. Yeah. I'm going to pee. I want to stand up and dance. And I get all that, but it, it, you have to, you have to, I try to keep it as lighthearted and as joking as I can while still being serious about it. And every once in a while, you have the people that are just, you know, unfortunately they push it and they're like, I'm not gonna do it. And that's just when I say, okay, you know, security can deal with you then because yeah. I've tried so many times. But yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to keep it um, the best we can together, so. What is it like as a performer to perform live in this new age of drag? Oh. It's horrible. No, um, it's no, I will say this. The first time I went out after not doing a show for my last show was with Brenda on the second Saturday of March. And I had not seen an audience since then. Right. And so I just started three weeks ago and I remember getting ready and being like, I am nervous. Sure. Like, do I remember how to do this in front of people? So it was nerve wracking. Um, and of course, once I did it, I was like, oh my God, thank God, audience interaction, human beings again. Right. 
But as a drag performer, you have to go against all of your natural instincts when you're performing, because you have to be like social distancing. I can't do this. I can't do that. And like, there's things that we build into our numbers and our mixes that sure. are like interact with this audience person or go dance on this boy to make everybody laugh and stuff. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, ah, I can't really touch anybody or go near anybody. So I'm going to stand over here and figure it out. Have you adjusted the numbers you're doing for that reason? Um, I've adjusted the, I haven't adjusted anything like musically, sure. I, but I've definitely adjusted um, like the gags and the things mm -hmm. that I do and I've switched them out. Um, I went out and I bought basically a giant fishing basket and um, it's collapsible <laughs> and I bring it out at the beginning of every show and I call it the Drag Tipper 9000. And it's just a big pole with a net on the end of it. But nice, I tell I like everybody, that. yeah. So I go around, especially because of the pool show, we have a, a top level and, a, and a, the stage level. And I walk around in order to keep the social distancing. Yeah. I'm like, just, and I don't have to touch the money. Everybody puts it in the basket. You empty the basket into another thing. And you take it around again. So, and people, they like it because it's a gag. And it's sort of like, we're still following the rules. We're still keeping it serious. But this is a lighthearted way to be like, okay, look at this drag queen with this giant fishing net running around the pool being like, give me a dollar. Yeah. So um, adjusting things like that, it, it, trying to really do what we do best being drag queen and performers in general and being, using our creativity and channeling that into how are we going to conquer this new sure. way creatively with keeping our audiences engaged and happy. So yeah, it's, um, it's presented challenges, but you know, there's nothing we can't overcome. Absolutely. Now, speaking of money, and uh, obviously you have a really fun, cool gimmick to get your money. Yes. Gig is over. You, you have your money. What mm -hmm. do you do with it next? Do you are you sanitizing it? Um, I, I don't, like, I don't sanitize the money directly. Sure. Um, what we do, um, a lot of times we cash our stuff in or whatever okay. like that. Um, after, of course, you know, we sit back there and we've got the gloves and all that stuff. And we we gotcha. dole it all out. Um, I, of course, sanitize myself um, and I put my money away. And I basically, for me, I put my money like in a, in a bag mm -hmm. and then I take it all home and then I just take it to the bank. Right. And I'm just like, here, take it because I'm very much like touch, Apple, card. Absolutely. Um, very much that I'm that person. Or if I see somebody performing, I'm like Venmo. Um, so I, it's not too often I have actual tangible cash on me. Um, because it, I just, I'm not that, I wasn't that person before the pandemic. Mm. Um, I know some queens are literally like throwing it through the washing machine. I, I, I don't, I, that's not me. Um, I'm taking it as, as, as serious as, it is serious, that's not the right word. I'm doing what I think is good for me right now as precaution. Yeah, absolutely. With, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. We're going to play our first game. It's called oh, This God. or That. This or that, okay. This or that. So I'm going to give you two things. You're going to tell me which one you prefer. You ready? Okay. okay. All right. Work or play? Play. Reality or fantasy? Fantasy. Call or text? Text. Love or money? Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, love. Anna or Elsa? Which one? I've, I've never watched, <laughs> I never watched Frozen. Uh, the one who sings Let It Go. Elsa. Elsa, great. Barney or Sesame Street? Oh, uh, Sesame Street, yeah. Pop or rock? 
pop? Madonna or Gaga? Gaga. <laughs> Cheetos or Doritos? Doritos. Kinky or vanilla? Well, I'm going to say vanilla just because I'm scared of what some people think kinky are. <laughs> I mean, sure. I could be right in the middle for me, but sure, we'll say sure. vanilla. Fire or ice? <sighs> Fire, I'm a Leo. Beach or pool? Pool. All right. Yes. This or that. Oh my gosh, that was, I was like, oh God, what is he going to ask me? I was scared. <laughs> so we're going to go behind the music a little bit. Okay. What is your signature number and how did it become your signature number? That is a good question. And I'm so glad I know the answer to this. <laughs> my signature number is, it's called my Lady Gaga clapping mix. Yep. And so the way this was developed was it was an accident, 100% an accident. I was actually making another mix um, that I was calling my telephone mix. And I was going to have all these different versions of the tel a telephone song. Sure. So I had found, um, I was making it and I had already put in the, the um, interview with Gaga where she's clapping. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. was basically at that point, I was going down a YouTube rabbit hole and I was like, what's <laughs> going to work? And I was like, I don't want it to be like every other telephone, every other drag queen has, da, 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 da. So, and through that, I stumbled on Alaska Thunderfuck, um, doing uh she was basically mocking gaga and she right. does her own interview which is she just goes on and on and on with all the most random shit in the world <laughs> i found it and i've never seen it and i was like this is gold <laughs> i was like i've never seen a drag queen do that i was like this is gold so i was yeah. like forget this so i threw out the other mix and i downloaded that whole interview and then I was like, how can I, so I pulled out all my Gaga songs and I was like, okay, keywords, how can I make a transition here and there? And the mix was sort of born and I knew I loved it. I, I knew I loved it when I made it, but I didn't realize how well people would receive it. Um, and it is literally my number one hired song to do. It's the song that people have seen a hundred times and they're like, do yeah. it again. And I'm like, are you like, I can do this blackout and dead. And they're like, do one more time. And I'm like, okay, like if that's what you want. Um, and so that has become my signature androgyny song. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the number I remember you from. It's probably one of the first ones I saw you do. It was, it really truly was one of the first numbers I've ever done. It was my first number I did at the pool show. I think it was my first mix, yeah. to be completely honest with you. Um, and three years later, it's still the number one. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of timeless. It really is. Um, and it's, it's all of her songs that I feel like people never get tired of. Right. Um, and everybody knows that that interview, that was just one of her moments. Um, so yeah, it is really transcended. And it's weird being a drag queen because you're always trying to create all this new content. And you're like, you don't want to give the same thing all the time. And you're like, that's what you want. Okay, yeah. we'll do it. Like, so I'll do what the kids want. That's fine by me. Is there a number that gets requested a lot of yours that you're like, please stop. I don't want to do it anymore. No, I wouldn't say, I don't think I have a number like that. Not yet. All, all my, yeah, not yet. All of my numbers I, I enjoy thus far, I think. If not, I just take them off the list. Oh my God, hold on. <laughs> and, and as far as like a drag roulette, is there a song or an artist you're like, please stop requesting, I can't do it anymore? Um, no, I will, but this is, I will say this, I guess this is the difference between me and a lot of people is like when people, I'm like, I don't know that. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just be like, I'll do it. I'll pretend all you want 
But if you want to give me this $20 and actually see something, I don't know that person yeah. or I don't know that song. And so sometimes people are like, it'll be hilarious. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes we're like, okay, let me change it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bullshit you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I am warning all of the queens uh, once things are better and I can come and request things for a drag roulette. The song I will be requesting is Ya Ya Ding Dong from uh, Eurovision uh, Song Contest, the Will I... Ferrell song. I will have to. Uh, you will watch have the to movie and learn it. Please watch the movie. It is hilarious. Um, it, the song is so dumb. It is so dirty. It is beautiful. Perfect. Perfect. Everything we want in a drag. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna play the cameo game show. Oh. So. Oh, drag race. Ooh. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game. You have to guess who costs more. Okay. So I'm going to give you a bunch of Drag Race girls. Oh. And you're going to tell me who's, who's more expensive. I'm the most expensive. <laughs> okay, this should be fun. All right. So first up, Akira C. Davenport or Heidi N. Closet? Heidi N. Closet. Yep. She's $75. Akira is only $40. 75 girls. <laughs> They just want to hear the soft and supple. Oh, girl, that's what it is, honey. <laughs> Next we have Jade Jolie or Jade Sotomayor. Uh, Jade Jolie. Yes, Jade Jolie, $30. Jade Sotomayor, 25 What Next, season were they on? Sorry. Jade Jolie was uh, season five. Okay. She's a Taylor Swift impersonator. Oh, okay. And Jade Sotomayor was season one. Okay, I was going to say, like, uh, post, like, before pre-season six, I get a lot of, I'm like, eh. <laughs> after we watch those a couple times. Yeah, well, next up we have Alyssa Edwards or Jada Essence Hall. <sighs> Alyssa Edwards. Yes, Alyssa, 150, Jada, 125. I need to get on Cameo, sis. <laughs> next we have Dahlia Sin or Candy Muse. Candy Muse. No, it's Dahlia, $30. Candy's only 21 Really? Yeah, and you can currently still get her. Just, just saying. Oh, I want to get it before the. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Next, we have Manila Luzon or Jujube. These are prices today. Yes, as of actually this morning. Jujube. That's correct. Hundred dollars. Manila is seventy-five. Okay. Next, we have Ms. Cracker or Roxy Andrews. Ms. Cracker. That's correct. $100. Roxy is $75. Okay. Uh, next we have Chad Michaels or Trinity the Tuck. Trinity the Tuck. Yes, she is $100. Chad is $75. Oh my God, we're going to go a little international now. Uh, oh. Lemon or Davina DeCampo? I'm really bad with international drag, but I do know Lemon, so I'm going to go with Lemon. <laughs> lemon is $25. Davina is $35. Oh! So close, so close. Next, we're going to go a little more local. Who, okay. Who's more expensive? Oh Chelsea Piers or Jasmine Rice LaBeja? Jasmine Rice LaBeja all day. They're actually both $20. Really? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, work, work, sis. Yeah, and finally, how much can you get a Sugar Cane cameo for? Oh my God, I should know this because she's, I'm literally her personal assistant. Like that's, <laughs> I'm li she literally just texts me about something. Um, I want to say, if I remember correctly, is it $35? It's $60. It's $60. And mm -hmm. she's worth every penny. Absolutely. Every 
Penny. Um, this, this is a shout out. Go get a sugar cameo. Girl, I literally texting her right now, honey. She's my <laughs> she's my best friend, and I am yeah. the, I am the aunt to her dog Macheo. So. <laughs> Um, I love that bitch. Yeah, well, that is the Cameo Game Show. Everyone, go out, support the queens, go get a Cameo, get one for your loved one. They're worth I, it. I love how I knew the price of every queen <laughs> except for the one who is literally my job to know their prices. <laughs> I'm a monster. We're going to talk about digital shows for a hot second. Ooh, okay. So alongside Jacqueline Hyde and Brenda Darling, you do a live show called Take a Shot Tuesdays. Yes. Tell us about this show, how it came about, what... <laughs> What is the origin of probably one of the hottest little shows on the internet right now? It, um, that show started on complete accident. I was doing a Tuesday night show by myself. That's how it, yeah, by myself. And I was on the phone with Jacqueline and we were talking about whatever for her shows and my shows. And she jokingly said, oh, you should make people to t pay you to do shots. And I was like, oh, ha, ha, like people are going to pay me to get hammered. It's and she's like, she was like, girl, if anybody's going to pay anybody to watch them drink, they're going to pay you. And I was like, no, she was like, literally, you should do this show. And so I was like, all right, you want to, I was like, you want to see if this works? She goes, great. I go, well, then you're going to be my co-host. And she was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I'm dead serious. I was like, you're already in drag on Tuesdays because she has a cooking show at seven. So right. I was like, we're going to do this show together. So it started out the two of us for like, two weeks maybe and then Jacqueline had an obligation so she's like get a co-host so I like called Brenda I'm like Brenda I need you to fill in this one time and she was like okay sure why not so then Brenda and I started doing it and then Jacqueline came back and I was like why don't we try to do it all three of us together and then it became into the whole like how do you get three people on Facebook right which was a whole learning curve in and of itself but uh, we use StreamYard, which uh, if you're a StreamYard representative shout out to you because <laughs> I can live for StreamYard it's the best multi whatever uh, streaming service. So the three of us started doing this show together and then all of a sudden it start, started to turn into like Brenda and Androgyny pick on Jacqueline Hyde night. And I don't know how, <laughs> I think it's just because she's so young. Sure. Um, and now it's just like these three, it literally is like three siblings that all we do is fight each other and make fun of each other and do, we, we always have different theme nights. We try to, um, We'll do 80s night or 90 nights. We have a game night where all we do is play games and the audience picks teams. Um, we give away stuff. And um, that actually, that show, we decided um, right when um, the Black Lives Matter movement, sort of like everything was sort of hitting a peak, we did a huge charity show. And that now has um, spun into multiple charity shows. We're actually working on developing the third one. But in the first two, we've actually, um, the three of us have raised over $16,000 so far incredible. for charity. So shout out to all of our sponsors, everybody who donated. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, without the two of them, they literally, they, I, they're the most exciting part of my week. Um, they, it, the show is always just so funny because you never know what to expect, whether Jacqueline's going to fall off her chair or, <laughs> you know, Brenda's going to do 19 pirouettes in her bedroom. I, well, I don't know what it is, but it's always hysterical. It's yeah. worth the watch. And then you do a solo show. I do a solo show. I was doing the pool show on Saturdays in my living room. Until you have a real pool. And now I have a real pool, so I won't be doing that. But I have a solo show on Thursdays, which is today, actually. It's, um, I was batting around when I knew I was going to go to Fire Island and sort of get rid of my weekend shows. Um, people were like, we want to see you more of you, because I was doing four shows a week online. Um, and then it went down to one. 
So I decided to do a solo show called um, Androgyny's Late Night Lounge, but I wanted to do something different. Um, so everybody pretty much knows Androgyny as like, you know, the really, really mouthy, cheap version of like Bianca Del Rio on drugs or <laughs> um, Lady Gaga. So I was trying to stay away from like the womb pop, kick my face, do splits sure. and make fun of everybody. So Androgyny's Late Night Lounge is more of like an, I compared to like that show Unplugged. Mm-hmm where it's all like throwback music, more like ballads or like um, postmodern jukebox versions sure. of songs. It's a very like heavy into Sinatra and Barbara and all that. And I, all the songs that I pick, I tell why, I tell stories. You get to know me more as a person rather than just, you know, this person running around, you know, being an idiot in the bar. So it leans like into a cabaret. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's, I always wear, you know, usually you see me in, you know, ponytails and leotards. And for these, I try to always wear like bigger hair, bigger outfits. You know, it's always like my background's always like candles and we mm -hmm. drink wine and stuff rather than doing tequila shooters, um, <laughs> which is a good time too. But I wanted, people really respond to it. And I find that Thursday nights, since it's like nearing the end of the week, a lot of people, it's their like the release, their outlet further a week of all the problems they've been through. And we talk about, you know, um, whether it's, you know, a lot of the movements going on right now or politics or stuff like that, you know, we really try to get through that stuff um, with, you know, music and emotion and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. It, it, I, I thought it was going to be something I did once and then people were like messaging me and I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'll make it like bi-monthly and then it turned into weekly. So it's great. It's great. Yeah. What, challenges have you discovered when it comes to a digital show um doing it solo compared to having um co-hosts um the first challenge i found that if you pop your pool in the middle of the show that hardwood floors do not agree with water <laughs> no they don't not they at do all not. they do not agree um that was the first big challenge i found um i I will say now that we've been doing it for so long, I'm obviously, you know, hopefully I've gotten better. I don't know, but it's sort of like talking to your wall. Sure. When you're by yourself, because by the time I say something and it goes through the internet and you hear it and you laugh and then you type a comment and it comes back to me, like the mo the magic is over. Cause Absolutely. it's like four minutes later. I was like, okay, that was funny. <laughs> three jokes ago. Right. So you have to sort of change. It sort of becomes like stand up rather than like i tell a joke and you were it's it's not a conversation anymore it truly is like stand up yeah um, so that's definitely the hardest part um with working with a co-host you at least have somebody else to work off of again Absolutely. it's it's not the same because the body language isn't there you can't feel the person um i've gone you know obviously really good with a couple girls because now i know how they work but even when we do numbers if the streaming is lagging and one of us is off sure. it sort of ruins the moment um and there's you know we do the best we can but at the end of the day i'm like i don't own comcast i don't know what you don't tell you so it's uh it presents its own unique challenges um and then again when in going back into it you know i had to remind myself like when you tell a joke give a beat for audience reaction because right. normally you just plow through it because there ain't nobody in your house. Yeah. So, um, so it's definitely, it's a definitely a whole nother ball game and you have to sort of find your way and try to figure out how can I be interesting to people for an hour or two hours or nine hours or however long your show is. So, right. Yeah. Have you felt that your drag has changed or altered since performing in the digital age? Yes. I, because I feel like I, 
I do it so much more now than I was even before because before the pandemic hit, I was also bartending. Um, So on the weekends, unless I had a gig, I was behind the bar. Um, So I'm painting a lot more now. So I feel like my makeup, um, don't get me wrong, I don't don't think I'm going to be on the cover of Vogue anytime (laughs) soon. But um, I think it's definitely evolved. I've definitely gotten softer. Um, I've noticed uh, for the camera, sometimes, you know, those extreme stage looks don't play off so well six inches from a camera. Um, So, you know, you have to know uh, what you're going to do and what you're going to paint and sort of uh, how to make it camera ready rather than stage ready because it's a whole different world. So, yeah, definitely a lot of learning off that. But it's been good. I feel like that's that's one of the really good things that I've done during this pandemic is really play with makeup and ask a lot of people's advice and watch videos and try to figure out my face. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. We're going to do everyone's favorite segment. It's called tea time. You are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite friends, sisters, colleagues, rivals, whoever I give you. This is not tea time. This is lose all your fucking friends and gigs time. (laughs) Well, I mean, see, that's what everyone says. Everyone's like, I'm going hardcore. I'm going to say it. And then they're like, oh, my God, I love this person. So we'll see. We'll we'll see what kind of stories you want to tell. Um, Mm -hmm. I got a hefty list. I'm excited to see what you got to say. And we're going to start off with the one and only... Jacqueline Hyde. Oh God, that bitch. <laughs> um, Jacqueline Hyde is like literally, uh, she's hysterical. Um, tea on Jacqueline Hyde. Jacqueline never thought she would work with me again after the first show we did together. Really? She did. She literally told me, she goes, I remember when you walked in the door and after like the first 10 minutes of the show, she's like, we're never going to work again ever. <laughs> because I'm literally, I mean, I'm in the antithesis of every drag queen, but she was just like, I didn't even know to like, how to control you or what to do with you. She was like, you were sort of just going. And I was like, uh, okay. Um, and then we, be, now we're like literally be- the best of friends. And, um, but yeah, we, I, we never, that was a total. The first time we worked together was a fluke. She needed a fill in for somebody. And that led me to coming back. And then that led me to co-hosting with her. And now here we are months, months and months later. Yeah. So, yeah. Next we have Heidi Ho. Um, Heidi and I, I don't, we don't work together too often. Um, I love Heidi and her boyfriend. Um, I don't really have tea on Heidi. I've only, I could totally be wrong. So Heidi, don't, don't come for me. I think we've only actually done one gig together at Pieces, um, on her Saturday happy hour show. Um, and I remember you backup dance for her for Iconic. Oh, yes. And Iconic, yes. Um, I was thinking of Queens. Yeah, but yeah, but she, it was great to dance for her. Um, um, so I had so much fun. Iconic was great. Um, it was a great little show. I have no real tea. I mean, I found out while backup dancing, she lived across the street from my boyfriend, and I didn't know that for the first three years of our friendship. Wow, that's literally, crazy. We were literally walking home together, and I was like, when do you turn? <laughs> like, I live right there. And I was like, I live right here. And she was like, what? And I was like, She's like, literally, we can see each other's doors. I was like, oh, okay. That's crazy. Yeah. Next up is someone from the Iconic family, Nicole Anoscopy. Oh, Nicole Anoscopy. Um, let's see. Um, Nicole Anoscopy. I knew Nicole Anoscopy before Nicole Anoscopy knew Nicole mm-hmm. Anoscopy. <laughs> um, I would say, okay, I'll tell you a little secret. 
my boyfriend's in the room. This is before he existed. Um, I used to have a crush on her, like way back when. And then I, well, and then she talked to me and I was like, well, there goes that. Um, <laughs> so threw that right out the window. Um, but yeah, back in the day before Nicole even existed. Yeah, once once my sisters, you know, they go from like really hot boys to like, oh, they're women now. I'm like, oh, they're that yeah. yeah. T. Yeah. Well, speaking of Miss Ritzy Bits. Oh, Ritzy Bits. The pint size princess herself. Um, she's the first girl to ever give me a brunch gig. Um, and I remember the meeting before the brunch gig because there was a list of what androgyny can and cannot do at brunch <laughs> versus what androgyny can and cannot do at night. Um, so yeah, so I, I love Ritzy because she's got a mouth on her too. So I mean, we would have brunches that was literally just reading each other for filth back and <laughs> forth. Um, uh, no, I love that that little. She's a she's a firecracker, and that bitch can paint a face like there's no she tomorrow. She sure can, girl. Yeah, it's for me. It's always a pleasure when I get to see Ritzy out of drag, which is the I'm most like, shocking reveal. You, yeah. you think you've seen a change in her? No, those are different people. It's yeah. no. Mm-hmm. I she, don't. She had come over to do a podcast um, for because I had never seen the Harry Potter series, so she was one of the people who watched that with me, and she came in with her. Um, I think it was her Slytherin um, uh, onesie. And I was like, who is this person? It's, not, you, it's literally, I feel like she hires this guy <laughs> to go and do her boy work. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it, it's not even close. Yeah, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Next up, we got the boss lady, Sugar Kane. Oh, Sugar Kane. My favorite moment of Sugar Kane and Mai's relationship. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> It's so stupid, she won't care. But it's so it's so real that I have it on videotape. We it was right after she got um she was on drag race already and she was out of drag and we were going out to Kiki, but I had a gig at hardware. And so there was like a small little group of us all going to hardware and she was a boy and she was pulling my suitcase and I videotaped it. I was like, oh, <laughs> bitch. Love that. I was like, look who's carrying whose bags now, mama. <laughs> um, so no, Suga's, uh, Suga and I met actually when, when I was backup dancing from somebody else. <laughs> I met her, this was back in Boots and Saddles days. Um, I was backup dancing for Kimmy Moore. Mm-hmm. And she, they were competing against each other. And her and I had met. Was this dress- during Lady Liberty? This was, this is like the fir- first or second Lady Liberty yeah. ever. Um, so yeah, we met in the basement of Boots and Saddles and we had a kiki and kicked it off. And she was like, oh, I need a dancer. And we became really good friends. And then she blew up and I blew away. And yeah, that's it. I mean, so yeah, no, she's, she's great. I still love her. I, I still talk to Suge at least a couple of times a week, every single week, no matter where she's at in the world. She's one of my best friends. I love her. So yeah. Amazing. Well, speaking yeah. of RuPaul and oh, Boots and Saddle, Britta Filter. Britta Filter. Oh, um, one of the worst edits ever. Oh, it's terrible. Um, uh, terrible. I'm totally unfair. Uh, totally yeah, unfair. I, I mean, as much as Britta's a total bitch and I love her, um, she's not. She's the biggest, kindest, biggest sweetheart in the world. Um, I wouldn't she, be where I am without her. Yeah, literally. She. I mean, she would. Get, she gave me my first gigs too. Um, she's. She is, has truly a heart of gold. Her heart is as big as that laugh. <laughs> and um, she is she is truly a kind, a kind, sweet-hearted individual. Um, yeah, she, like I said, she was the first queen I ever, I never saw, I don't think I ever saw a drag brunch before 
I went to her drag brunch because I went, it was because my roommate is best friends with Tammy Spanks and their birthdays mm -hmm. is a day apart. So we went to celebrate their birthday and it was her show. And this was when she was still at La Popperia, I think. So this oh, was, wow. like, yeah, this was some time ago. Um, and we just had the best time. And like I said, yeah, Britta and I had kicked it off. And um, yeah, I love Britta. She's, she's, I felt so terrible for her and um, because she really is a talent. She is such a talent and such a hard worker. Um, so nothing but love for that lady. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about we talk about her former Glow co-host, Kareem McJagger. Kareem! Um, I, first of all, what the fuck is his workout plan? Because I don't I know. It's, it's not fair. What, it's not fair. It's not fair. I don't um, think there's anyone that looks that good. Like, what? Every time we post photos, I'm like, you're, what, what? Uh, he's an asshole. Um, <laughs> God. Um, no, Kareem was actually uh, the first person to ever uh, give me a go-go job. Um, an actual, like, real go-go job. He was the first person ever. And I learned a lot about nightlife from Kareem. He taught me a lot of, like, the do's and the don'ts and the rights and the wrongs and the way to navigate the space and the waters and the people. Um, you know, Kareem's always, he's always a good time for a Kiki and he will always yeah. take that shot with you, sis. Always. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I love, I'm glad that Kareem is uh, finally, he took, he took a break for a while. Right. Um, so I'm glad that he, Kareem is coming back into drag and back into nightlife because he's, uh, he's one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's stick to the island. Ariel Sinclair. Oh, <laughs> Girl, she, I, yeah, I don't know who's older, her or Shaquita, because both of them, <laughs> like, uh, have, it's like God, and then the two of them were created. It's literally Adam and Steve. <laughs> um, she is, I mean, 26 a year. I literally, Jacqueline, we just did a show with Jacqueline. I go, Jacqueline, you haven't been alive as long as Ariel's been doing drag. <laughs> and Ariel's like, shut up. And I was like, I'm just saying, girl. Um, Ariel is incredible. She, she lives for a Sunday fun day, honey. Um, you catch her on that that deck a late night on a Sunday. She is a good time gal. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she gave me my first official um, co-hosting spot out on Fire Island on Thursdays. It was her show, and they wanted to change it to something else. And she was like, "I'm bringing on Androgyny," um, and she literally gave me my my first real "Hello World, this is Androgyny, and you're going to like her whether you do or don't." Um, type of situation. So love that girl. Love her. Love that that blonde wig, sis. She's she's got feet the size of deer hooves. <laughs> Next we have Victoria Falls. Victoria's a mess. I love her. Um anytime you say her name, I just picture her falling into that fucking pool. <laughs> I've never known a drag queen to live up to her name like Victoria Falls because <laughs> truly um, she is the best. Um, she, uh, she is, she was homecoming queen last year and Victoria to me is a homecoming queen. Like for me, yeah. I'll never be a fucking homecoming queen growing up. Um, I'm not even allowed to come home most holidays, but she is truly, she's so nice. She's so sweet. She's friends with everybody. Um, she, she's a girl, but she can't walk in a straight line and say, <laughs> next we have Fifi Dubois. I don't know what I've seen more of Fifi Dubois, more of her live shows lately or more of her in jock straps on Instagram. So that's what I have to say about Fifi Dubois. Okay? Because if I see any more Fifi Dubois, I don't know if I'm going to pay for a drag for fans or for an OnlyFans. Um, uh, yeah, girl, she likes to get naked online a she, lot. She does. 
she's a big fan of her own wiener, um, which is a good thing. Be proud, sis. Um, I will say this. I thought I knew a lot about Disney trivia. I really did until I guessed it on her show. And I was like, you make me look like an idiot. Yeah. Like I was shocked with how much she knows about it. It's kind of scary. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's pretty fantastic. She, she knows her shit on Disney trivia. Yeah. 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 Next, Tammy Spanks. <laughs> Tabitha. Okay, here's some tea about Tabitha that no one really knows. Tabitha actually lived with me in my apartment right now and took over our living room as a third bedroom for oh. a couple of months when she was in uh, transit between her last apartment. What was this, last winter or something? So, um, and Tammy used to be roommates with my current roommate in college. And when I tell you those two motherfuckers fight, like <laughs> sisters... Like, it was girls gone wild in here. Like, they would be chasing each other with wig heads and butcher knives. And it was, I would just sit here and cry laughing because all they did from sun up to sundown was read each other. Oh, um, wow. And it was hysterical. Hysterical. But, uh, yeah, bitch broke my couch, so she doesn't <laughs> <my> couch. <laughs> now, had, did you take some of those reads against her and now use them against her? Um, no, lucky, lucky enough for me, Tammy always, no matter where she is, provides me new material constantly. So you <laughs> never really have to hold on to something too long. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Well, someone who's new to the island this summer, Petty Cash. Oh, Petty. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, how about, okay, I'll give you some tea. People want tea. Um, Petty, and I'm totally fine with saying this because Petty and I have talked about it. Um, when Petty came out to the island last year, I was like, when people were like, bitch, she's coming for your gig. And I was like, huh. oh no, mama. <laughs> um, so there was a moment where I was like, um, but we were drunk, so it was fine. Um, but no, now I love her. She's, she's, uh, she's such a talent. I actually, I was her co-host for her first show, her first official show this past season. Um, so she's, uh, she's a dancing queen. She's got a heart of gold. Um, she's another one, girl. If you want to twirl, she's the one she, she will she will not go to bed, girl. She will nope. stay up with you and have a good time. Um, so yeah, I and I live, one thing I live for Petty is the next day going through my phone and finding all these pictures of us. And I'm like, Petty, she's like, don't remember that. Don't remember that. <laughs> don't remember that. I'm like, work, okay. Yep, that's Petty. <laughs> that's Petty. And someone um, who everyone says they look alike, Logan Hardcore. Oh God. Is that Logan? Logan probably heard his name and was probably <laughs> like, motherfucker, what'd you say about me? Um, the internet police herself. Um, Logan Hardcore. Um, I know this is going to sound really weird because I don't think anybody's ever said this ever. Um, when I first started drag, Logan was somebody who I like looked up to and like idolized mm -hmm. um, just because I thought she was so funny and she had such a mouth. Um, and for some reason to me that really a good thing <laughs> um so but when logan and i first met i was like oh my god you're logan hardcore oh my god and she did not like me oh Ooh. No. oh no logan and i went through a very rough beginning where everyone was like logan hates you and i was like oh my god um and literally if you would have told us even at the beginning of last summer like, we're like, we'll never be friends. We're like, we will never be, we were so similar that it was like, we can't be friends. We're either gonna be best friends or hate each other. And we were like, we're gonna hate each other. 
Um, and then through just being like put together more and more and more and more um, and having the same friends and being in the same circles um, and having some fun nights of, you know, Aquafina beverages, mm -hmm. um, you know, because we only drink water. Um, <laughs> we sort of just got to know each other and sort of let those walls and barriers come down and to figure out why we had this like headbutting thing. And now she's one of my, my best gal pals. She calls me before every single show that either one of us do. Um, we call each other during the week, every week, check on each other. Um, we, uh, we have something called uh, Todd School for Girls, which is when we have sleepovers at her house, her husband, Todd. Um, and we do drag in their, in their kitchen. So it's a, she's a, she is what I will say, um, she may have one of the harshest mouths out there and she truly does. And that's coming from me. So that mm -hmm. says something, um, but she's got an even bigger heart. I mean, the people that she loves, she, she loves unconditionally, yeah. which is something people don't say about Logan very hardcore. I mean, <laughs> and finally, last but not least, one of my absolute favorite drag queens on the planet, Brenda Darling. Who? <laughs> I don't know that bitch. Um, oh God, what can I say about Brenda that hasn't been written on a bathroom stall somewhere? Oh. Um, no girl, she is the dancing queen of New York. Um, I will say this, we all, I mean, we always tell this story anytime anybody asks us, um, how did we sync up? Brenda and I worked with each other for like two years um, because I was one of like the core boy backup dancers at industry. Sure. Um, for Holly Day and for Jada, I always dance. Shout out to all the industry girls. I love them. They're a family I miss right now. Um, but we never like hung out. Like we were like, oh, we're friends because there's eight of us here. Sure. But we never actually like, hey sis, let's grab a drink together. Um, it wasn't until Fire Island um, when we slowly, I, the first time I ever was on stage with Brenda uh, was two summers ago. Logan had his retirement show on a Saturday and they brought me in to be the special guest on the Sunday. Um, and that was like the first time we actually like hung out and got to know each other. And then that would be in two winters ago, we sort of batted around and this and that and the other thing, da 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 da. And then last season on Fire Islands when we really clicked and started hanging out a lot more, and then I started co-hosting with her a lot more. And that's when we just sort of became like the best of best friends. And now, I mean, it's inseparable. I mean, you can always go to a Brenda Darling show and know that Androgyny is going to be yeah. there beg begging for the leftover shekels um, because that's, <laughs> that's how this queen rolls. Um, but I mean, hey, you know what? If there is a queen in New York that I have to have a name attached to, I can't think of a better one because Absolutely. she is truly the sweetest. It almost aggravates me sometimes. I'm like, you're mean. Be mean. <laughs> He's like, you're mean enough for both of us. I'm like, well, you're correct there. So we are truly yin and yang, but it's something nice when you come see the show because when, if you're, when as soon as you're tired of looking at me after that five seconds, you can look at her for another hour and 59 minutes. Yeah, so she, she really is one of the, my absolute favorite people on the planet. She's, like, you just, if you dislike her, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Exactly. Because... I mean, she's, she is kind. She is insanely talented. Like, there, there, what is wrong with her? Nothing. I don't. I, she's old, but I mean, I tell her that all the time. But I mean, maybe maybe she likes Dunkin' Donuts iced coffees too much. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Yeah. If your <laughs> biggest downfall in life is that you drink too much iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> then we have found the flaw in Brenda Darling. But besides <laughs> that, she, I don't. She's. I mean, she's literally. We have rehearsal in forty-five minutes. Um, she's the the nicest. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten nicer. Yeah, her, which is really just that's a hard pill to swallow. 
I hear that. Yeah. What? Why is drag so important to the community, especially now? This is what I always tell people, um, especially because um, if you've never seen me, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like there was an era of, and it was Bianca Del Rio who did this, is when insult, everybody came an insult queen. Sure. Everybody was just an insult queen. And the thing about being an insult queen is it's very fine line because you have to be able to do it, but not go too far to upset people. And because there's this very muddy water and so few, few people I think do it well. And I feel like those days of being an insult queen, there's not too many people left. Right. Um, and I knew going in that that's sort of what I wanted to do. And it took me a couple of years to figure out how to navigate. And I made a lot of mistakes and I still make mistakes every day. Um, but I go into it and at the end of all my shows, I always say, the reason I'm like this and the reason I make fun of everybody, because I do, I, hold, I do not hold back on anybody. I don't care your religion, your relation your race, your gender, your political view. I don't care. I, and, I make, and I make sure I make fun of myself the most. Sure. And the reason why is because our job is to, for those two hours, this world right now especially is so terrible that we live in that I want to let you escape that reality for two hours and remember what it's like to laugh. Remember what it's like to have fun and enjoy and be carefree. Um, and that's just my way, like, other queens do it in their positivity or whatever it is that they do. It's their dance, the musical theater, whatever that queen that you're seeing does. That's what we're trying to do is to make you forget about all the Facebook posts and the TikTok this and Trump that and whatever it is for two hours, just decompress and deconnect and go, oh, this is why I get up every morning. Yeah. And this is why it's important to keep fighting for the causes and fighting the good fight. and seeing your friends and remembering why, you know, you chose these people you call your chosen family to remember all these. And right now it's hard. It and is. it's hard sometimes to get up there and walk out on that stage and be like, I have to be this light that for two hours, like, ah, and some days you're just like, I don't have an enemy. But to that, I can say, as much as we give it to the people, when I'm out there and I don't have it, they give it right back to me tenfold. Yeah. And then I'm like, in minutes, I'm like, oh, this is, I remember, like, here we go. So that I think that's what it's, it's about remembering the community, the happiness, the joy that still is very much exists, but unfortunately has to fight with all this negativity out there right now. Absolutely. And we need to get past that. Yeah. What is one personal fact about yourself that your fans may not know? I'm gay. What? <laughs> <laughs> um... Ah, uh, personal fact. Um, okay. Well, that's not really personal. That's not good. Um, or a tidbit, whatever. Well, I was. Uh, I mean, I was a professional dancer for eleven years. Um, but I was also an aerialist. I had worked with Royal Caribbean and Cirque du Soleil. Um, I was a person up there on that bungee, holding themselves into a pretzel seventy feet in the air. Um, so that's really fun. Um. Others, I hate fish, but I love shellfish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, see, I hate fish also, but a crab cake I'll eat. I'll eat crab, I'll eat lobster, and I'll eat shrimp. But if the fish here, like a can of tuna, I'll start dry heaving. Yeah. I can't do it. Mm -mm. I hear that. I hear mm -mm. that. Mm -mm. Nope. If you had to pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be and why? You know who it would be? 
And I know everyone thinks I'm gonna say Brenda, but it's not gonna be Brenda. And I'll tell you why. It would be Logan. Because I don't know a bitch that watches more reality TV, like Big Brother and The Amazing Race than that bitch, okay? Because like literally today, her Instagram story was like Big Brother season 956 this summer. Was, we, we haven't gotten to that point yet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, see, I don't watch any of that. So I'm like, mm. so I would pick her because I'd be like, she knows everything. I'm just here to run. So I love that. Well, let, let's talk about the pop five rapid fire. So I'm going to give you five pop culture things. Okay. You're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each. And you know what? You brought it up. I had it in my notes. Let's start off with Big Brother All-Stars returns on August 5th. My birthday is August 19th. That's about as much as I have in common with that. <laughs> I've never watched Big Brother. I've watched clips, but yeah. I never just got into it. Like, I, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's on CBS and CBS is, I think, for old people. Um, that, that's fair. <laughs> I, don't, I just, Big Brother was just never something that I was like, yeah. I mean, the people that love it, love it, die hard. Die yeah. hard. Oh, yes, we do. And which is great. I just, you know, I get everything I need to know off of memes and from Logan. Yeah. When it comes to that. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be, the rumored cast looks cool. Because uh, it's the second uh, All-Star season we've ever had since season seven, which is, I can't well, do, 15, 15 like, years ago. I was going to say, isn't it like season 99 right this now, This will be season 22. Yeah. So like that. It's been 20 years of Big Brother. Oh, my God. Right? I don't even have a Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> me either all right our next one number two kylie minogue to drop 15th studio album disco and the song came out today oh i have a little have to look um you know what to that you know what i hear kylie minogue and i have one response and that's djo ricky yep mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. is uh, literally you can say kylie Minogue, and the only response i'll have you is djo ricky because if it wasn't for djo ricky Kylie Minogue would not have a career in New York City, okay? Because everyone's like, I think I know this song. And he's like, no, I have every music video, every interview, every piece of underwear she's worn. Oh, Ricky's got. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's got a new album um, in, I think, October is coming out. But guess who's releasing an album tonight? Taylor Swift. I heard that this morning. Um, I... I don't know her. if she's going to be crying on a guitar or bantering to the gays more, whatever. Maybe crying on a gay. I don't, who knows? We'll find out soon. I guess we'll find her and Todrick just the whole <laughs> way to the bank, I guess. All right. Number three is Major League Baseball begins their season today. You know what? I heard some straight people shouting that the other day. Where was I? <laughs> I don't even know where I was. Oh, I was at the deli last night getting a sandwich. And some straight guy was yelling out some others. I don't even classify them. These two very large men were like, first pitch is tomorrow, bro. And I was like, I don't, um, I don't really, I don't really like or follow baseball. However, I love going to baseball games. Yeah, well, no one's going to a game anytime soon. No, but I like to, but see, I'm not like, let's go and watch the team. I'm like, let's go to drink beer and eat hot dogs. And my yeah. back is to the game the entire time talking to my friends. Exactly. You're getting, so, you're getting a tan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and I also will not miss getting on the fucking express train with all those motherfuckers after they come home from the <laughs> game being straight people annihilated throwing up on the train no things i won't yeah miss. yeah that, yeah. Nope. Mm -mm. yeah it's gonna be interesting because it's gonna be full it's gonna be a season without fans and we'll see how it works good luck next up we have billy eichner to play paul lind in biopic i don't yeah. know what any of those words mean well billy eichner who's billy eichner i'm really um, bad with names also like billy billy on the street 
He um he was on Parks and Rec. Oh, oh I really watched. He was yet. Timon oh. in the um live action. Okay. Lion okay. King. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, Paul, I'm, I'm, yeah. Paul Lane. Center Square. Yes, he's in Center Square. Mm-hmm. Okay. And gonna, he's going to be play him in a movie. Sure. Um, gr- oh, okay. See, I'm Googling him right now. I'm a person of faces. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, that's the reason I became a drag queen because everybody, <laughs> hey, doll, hey, babe, hey, sis. Um, but if you ask me somebody's real name, probably that's why I call host Brenda because she knows everybody's name and <laughs> I know everyone's face. That's um, fair. So, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, eventually it'll come to Netflix. I'm sure I'll binge watch it someday. <laughs> oh. And finally, Drag Race All Stars 5. This will um, come out after the crowning. So, do you, do you would you like to make a prediction? Um, I don't want to make a prediction, and the reason why is because I am very happy with the top three. Sure, me too. I will say this: I never I, before the season started. I will say I underestimated UGB. Um, I figured it would just be a top two. I always knew it'd be Cracker and Shay. Always. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure about Jujubee, but for what I have seen from Jujubee this season, she's hysterical. Girlfriend did her homework. Um, she, so she deserves to be there. Uh, I still personally think it'll be, if there is one winner, knowing fucking RuPaul, she'll be like, guess what? Have the whole cast back. You're all winners. Here's $12. Um, if there is only one winner, I think it's going to be Cracker or Shay. I don't know where to go from that though, because yeah. they're both, I mean, I personally know Cracker and love her, um, work with her many times. Um, she's got the most wins so far this season, mm-hmm. but she, I mean, you can't deny Shea Coulee. I mean, she's right. incredible. She is. Um, so I, I will say this, if it goes to just one of them, I would not be upset seeing any of the three of them winning. And I know deservedly so all of them have bright, yeah. bright careers and futures ahead of them. So I will say, you know, they raised the bar, Mama, and so good on you. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the season I wish we could have saved a tie for. Y- yeah, like, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, maybe that'll be a three-way tie. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Well, I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Okay. And this is oh. a question from Deva Monique. Okay. What is your favorite performance you have seen a queen do that you, have not, that you don't necessarily get to work with? Favorite performance I've seen a queen do that I don't get to work with. So, like, not necessarily like a co host. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Um, That I don't get to work with. Um, This is a hard one for you. This is a hard one for me, just because I'm thinking, like, of all the. um, Um, like, local queen? Any queen. I'll give it, you know what? I'll do this one. I mean, obviously everybody knows that I would say Bianca Del Rio because I mean, she's very my type of drag. Um, But there's one person that I've never met, that I've never worked with, that I've literally stood five feet from and never even said hello to. And is my number one doppelganger is Acid Betty. Mm -hmm. Never said, I've never nothing to this woman. I've I've always wanted to meet her. I've always wanted to meet her, pick her brain, say hello, be like, teach me how to do all of your crazy shit because she's incredible. 
Um, she's one of like my biggest inspirations. And literally last time, I, I mean, this was last time I was probably close to her was like two years. It was at DragCon and I was like, I can't talk to her. She's uh, she not that bad. Um, so yeah, I would love to work with her just on the sole fact that I would like to pick her brain and, and um, you know, just be like, how do you do this? How do you do that? She'd probably yep. be like, shut the fuck up, get away from me, you're annoying. And I'd probably be fine. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's who I would say um, it would be really interesting to work because she, uh, she's very talented in a lot of areas that I just don't think I've tapped into. So yeah, she's I like that answer. super great. Thanks. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. It doesn't have to be drag related. It can be about anything random, whatever you want to ask. Um, if you, if you weren't doing drag, what do you think you would be doing instead? Okay. Yes. I would like to know what your next guess, if they, they weren't doing drag, what they would have done instead of drag. Like, right. a, like a banker, an accountant, you know, something similar. All right. I like that. I think <laughs> we're going to have a fun answer, whatever it's going to be. I mean, uh, we'll see what's going to be. Knows, but where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Oh, and Venmo and social media, it's apparently my name is the hardest name to spell on the planet. <laughs> it um, can be. Yes, it can be. Apparently, in fact, on my latest poster, it's still spelled wrong. Oh, um, no. Yeah, it's, um, it's literally exactly how it is in the dictionary, kids. It's the word androgyny right out of Webster's. <laughs> um, it's A-N-D-R-O-G-Y-N-Y. And that's how you spell my name. But my Instagram and my Venmo because I don't know, somebody overseas already owned that Venmo is, I know, right? And they wouldn't sell it to me. I don't know why I'm rich. Um, is A-N-D-R-O-G-Y-N-Y-C. Fancy. See what I did there? Play on words. Um, so that's all my social media, Twitter, Instagram, Venmo, Grubhub, uh, Grinder, wherever you want to find me. Um, I'm on all those under that exact uh, hashtag and whether it's a dollar sign or backslash or whatever. Yeah, and, and find Androgyny for all the live shows on the social medias and, and at the pool. And at the pool, probably at the bottom of it, but you know, but at the pool, that's really what counts. Well, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for, thank you for popping my uh, podcast, Cherry. This my was so pleasure. much fun. I'm so excited to be a part of the Block Talk crew. Yes, and make sure you guys follow Michael and follow Block Talk, subscribe to his podcast, so get into it. Thanks once again to Androgyny for joining me. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure to engage with me on social media and tell me your favorite episode so far. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.